The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. And you are listening to this podcast on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. However you're listening, and wherever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program. And you can always follow the show on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Alfred. The Indians lose 2-3 to the Boston Red Sox and now head east for seven days of baseball in the city of New York. And boy, oh boy, did they put on a hitting display on night one in the Bronx. Giving the Yankees a taste of what they have done to the Baltimore Orioles all season long. We'll talk about their series with the Yankees. We'll also talk about week two in the NFL preseason. The games from last night. And previewing the Lions and Browns games this Saturday. Ohio State is looking to trademark the. To make it the Ohio State University. We'll talk about that on the podcast tonight. And you'll hear the latest out of Bowling Green State University football camp. Especially about a a wide receiver that's becoming a quote-unquote hybrid wide receiver. All that and more. But I figure I'd start with Detroit and the Tigers. The Tigers opened up a final homestand against Seattle. And I figured that, you know, they're 0-4 against Seattle Maybe a little bit of home cooking might help them out. But it turned out to be tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. We'll break it all down. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Right here on All Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alford right here on your exclusive home for me, the Anchor Network. And that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, uh, Bleaker, However you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you are listening to us, thank you for tuning into the program this evening, and you can be a part of the show, as always, by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, it is at AllAndyElford, and on Facebook as well, too, we are at Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford, it is 
Facebook.com slash all Andy Alford. So welcome into the program tonight. We've got a lot to get into. Of course, we're going to preview week two for the Lions and Browns in the NFL preseason schedule. Also, we'll dive into some college football news and notes. A little, We'll dive a little into the NHL. And we have a special Andy Rants for you tonight. And um, first and foremost, I want to begin with, of course, the, the debacle that is happening in Detroit, and that is with the Detroit Tigers, first and foremost. Uh, and I have to do this in the background, so uh, be prepared for this as I am doing this live on the podcast for you this evening. And that is having to play this for you guys. Every It is a tradition we, we play here. One of my favorite shows growing up as a kid was Frasier. I loved uh, Frasier Crane. And when I think of the Seattle Mariners, I think of the the Mart- Martin Crane's love of the Seattle Mariners in, the, in baseball itself. And the Tigers open, finish up their home three-game homestand with the Seattle Mariners. So we got a little tossed salad and scrambled eggs. You heard that in the intro for you tonight. Um, the the um, Tigers did lose two or three to the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners taking the series six to one this season series, and it just does not get any better for Detroit. Uh, it is a has been a long, rough season for the Motor City Kitties. I gotta kill that music right there because this is becoming a frustrated piece for me as a Tiger fan. Uh, we start on Tuesday when I last left you. They were opening up the series against the Mariners, and they lose the first game of the series, eleven to six. Josh Boyd, the loss, he goes to 6-9 with a 4.38 ERA. Gross gets the one, he goes to 1-0 with a 5.40 ERA. Kyle Seeger homering three times in the game. He is 12th, 13th, and 14th of the season. Murphy also homering for the Mariners. He homered his 11th and 12th of the season. Hicks homering for the Detroit Tigers, his 8th of the season. Rodgers, his 4th of the season as the Tigers fall in Game 1 of this of this three-game series to the Seattle Mariners by a score of 11-6. We get to Wednesday, and a good outing for Edwin Jackson. Strong outing for him. He gets the win as the Tigers crews get a 3-2 win over the Mariners and Frazier Crane's Seattle Mariners. Jackson, the win, he goes to 3-5 and five with an 8.62 ERA. Gonzalez, the loss, he goes to 12-10 and 10 with a 4.20 ERA. Crawford, home ring for Seattle, his 5th of the season. Volbeck, his 27th of the season for the Mariners. No home runs hit in the game for Detroit, but it was Jimenez getting his second save of the season. And then we get to today we get to Thursday's game, not today's game, but Thursday's game. And Jacob Turnbull is an absolute joke of a, of a starting pitcher. He has no control. He has no capability of keeping the ball in play for a play, for a defensive player to make a play. Because it's either going out in the outfield, and he, he he has no speed, 
He's lobbing up pitches. He is not meant to be a starter. And anybody who says that he should be, should be taken back to the woodshed. It, 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 it's the honest God truth. Honestly, God truth. He does not have a winning record this year. He is three and eleven with a three point seven five ERA. That's the only thing the bright spot of a. He's got a, a good ERA. As they lose on Thursday, seven to two to the Seattle Mariners in the in the getaway day game. More homering for Seattle, his fifth of the season. Miguel Cabrera for the Tigers homering his ninth of the season as the Mariners get a 7-2 win over the Motor City Kitties. Malone gets the win. He goes to 2-7 and seven with a 4.69 ERA. Like I mentioned, Jacob Turnbull, 3-11 with a 3.75 ERA. And Detroit does not have a winning homestand again this year. That is the sixth homestand this year, since the All-Star break, that they have not had a winning homestand. It's only going to get worse, Tiger fans. And here's why I say that. The Tigers now hit the road for seven games, three of which are in Tampa Bay, the second-place team in the American League East. They'll open up a series with the Rays starting tomorrow night, 7-10 first pitch. It will be Daniel Norris on the hill. 3-10 and 10 with a 4.94 ERA. He'll take on Morton, who is 13-4 with a 2.90 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. The Tigers have not yet named a starter for Saturday's game. Scheduled to start at 6-10. Yarbrough will start, though, for Tampa Bay. He's 11-3 with a 3.56 ERA. 6-10 start time for that one on Saturday. The concluding game on Sunday is a 1-10 start time. Josh Boyd on the hill for Detroit. He is 6-9 with a 4.38 ERA. As that will be a 1-10 start time for that one. Tampa Bay has not yet named the starter for that game. After this game... Detroit then will head to Houston for a big four-game series. On this road trip, I don't even see us winning a damn game. And that's a that's a shame. Tampa needs all the games that they can get to catch New York. And especially with New York playing the the Indians in these four games, Tampa can make up a lot of ground. Boston can make up some ground as well too, but I I, I seriously doubt that Boston's going to come back. And we'll get to the standings here in just a second. But Detroit, I say it again, and I know people laugh. We're laughing about my comments about the Avila situation, but this is this is getting out of hand. You cannot keep losing key games against teams that are. At the bottom, at the bottom of the division. Seattle's down on the bottom of the division. Absolute bottom of the division. They are. And to me, the, the fact that this team is this bad says a lot. And they, they they can't win can't win this game and win a series like this. 
it's atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. And I only I I blame management and I blame I blame the Illages and I blame Alavila and Dave Dombrowski for their way of just gutting this organization. And this is supposed to be the eighth best MLB farm system that we have that gives you the best road to the major leagues. You get up to the major leagues, you die in Detroit. You feel like you took three steps back and you went back to Lakeland. How bad this team is. Absolutely how bad this team is. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And the fact that I have to keep talking about this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But, of course, there is some bright side to baseball, of course, and that's what is happening in the other side of Lake Erie. And I'm talking about the Cleveland Indians. And the Indians all finished up their homestand against the Boston Red Sox. They did win their game Monday night, like we mentioned on our last podcast, by a score of 6-5. to five. They continued the series against the Boston Red Sox, and the Red Sox then taking 2-3 out of Cleveland. was a little bit of a shock for yours truly. That's how bad the Red Sox are. In game two of the series, the Red Sox did get the win. They won seven to six. Workman gets the win. He goes to nine and one with a two point zero zero ERA. Wingarden gets the loss. He goes to four and one with a two point seven two ERA. Cashner the save, his first of the season. Uh, Brantley, Bradley, Jackie Bradley Jr. homering for the Red Sox, his fourteenth of the season. Carlos Santana have been hitting the cover off the ball. He has hit. He had hit three home runs. In three games, Sunday against the Twins, Monday against the walk-off win, the, excuse me, the go-ahead win for the Indians on Sunday with a grand slam, Monday the walk-off win against the Red Sox, and then Tuesday night having his home run, his 20th, 7th of the season. Reyes also in homering for the Indians, his 29th of the season, but it was in a losing effort for the Indians as they lose 7-6. to six. The day game on Wednesday saw the Red Sox pounding the the MLB uh, player MVP of the All-Star game, Shane Beaver, as the Red Sox win 5-1, to one, taking 2-3 out of Progressive Field and the Cleveland Indians. Beaver, the loss, he goes to 12-5 with a 3.27 ERA. Evdaldi, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 5.77 ERA. Devers, his 25th of the season. Alexander Bogart, homering twice in the game, his 26th and 27th of the season. So, the Red Sox picking up ground was, in my opinion, that was a tough series for the for the Indians because it was going to be difficult no matter what the situation is. Now you're going into... The heart of your schedule, which is the hardest part of this month of August, you have seven days in New York, They're, and that's pretty cool that they 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 could plan that in the schedule that they can play seven games in the Bronx. And game one last night, seven games in New York, four in the Bronx, three in Queens, 
as they play the Yankees and the Mets. So, game one last night, sat down with my father. We watched the game, and it was over in the first inning, folks. It was absolutely over in the first inning. The Indians putting a seventh spot in the first inning alone. Jose Ramirez hitting a grand slam home run. Jason Kipnis hitting a home run. It was seven to nothing after the first half inning. They chased the starting pitcher, Green, off the hill. Four hits, five runs. All five are earned. One walk, one strikeout, giving up two home runs. Nostalgia came in to relieve him. Did not do anything better. Gave up two more home runs in the game. Perez and Santana and Allen. Also homering. Nostalgic giving up the Perez and Santana home runs. Two more. The Indians went off big. And after three innings of play, it was 9-1. to one. The Indians tacked on two more in the fourth. One more in the fifth. A goose egg in the sixth. Two in the seventh. Five runs in the eighth. And they spanked the Yankees 19 to 5. This gives and there's twofold to this. I I assure you to what I'm about to tell you. One, it is good to see the Indians coming alive after being beaten by the Boston Red Sox at your home ballpark. Okay? That's one. Number two. To see the bats come alive and hitting the ball is absolutely great. Seeing Kipnis hitting the cover off the ball. Santana continuing his streak so far. Puig getting at least some runs in. Perez killing the ball. Absolutely killing the ball. And I'm going to say, I'm going to hear it from the Yankee fans. It's like, oh, well, we, we weren't ready for this and blah, blah, blah. You guys were ready for this. And the bullpen was taxed for the Yankees. And now as a Yankee fan, I'd be worried. The Indians have shown you how bad your bullpen is. Is how Ford is an absolute mess. He pitched two innings, six hits, five runs. All five were earned one walk and no strike, one no walks and one strikeout. But he gave up two long balls. In total, the team gave up twenty-four hits, nineteen runs. All of them were earned. Seven home runs together, and they only compiled to eight strikeouts in the game and four walks for the Yankees. The Yankees are in trouble, pitching-wise. 
Now they got some big bats with Gregorius and Sanchez, and uh, but the whole judge for four strikeouts in the game is amazing. And and Pluko did a fantastic job. He went six innings, six hits, three runs. All three were earned. One walk, three strikeouts. He did give up the two home runs to Sanchez and Gregorius. But other than that, the pitching was there for the Indians tonight. It was not for the Yankees. Now I say this in twofold. It was good to see the Indians do this, but now I'm worried that we went too far. 19 runs in one game. I wish we could hold some of it back for the rest of the weekend. Because this is four games in the Bronx. And I know you come out strong and you take a shot and they they fall to the canvas. You know, in, in boxing, you... You can get up and leave. And what happened last night, the Yankees were dragged, beaten to a pulp, pitching-wise and fielding-wise and hitting-wise. It was a clinic for Cleveland. And it was basically a taste of medicine back to the Yankees because the Yankees have done this all season. All season. To the Baltimore Orioles. And if, if you're a Baltimore fan, you you, you, you got to be happy. The Indians gave you some retribution. Of how bad it has been. It's been a, a bad season for Baltimore. But to see some kind of retaliation. And seeing that the big dog can get knocked down. It's good to see. So hopefully they can continue this. Hopefully they can continue this. Tonight on the Hill, it will be Savelle for Cleveland. He's 1-1 one one with a 1-0 ERA. Tanaka for the Yankees. He's 8-6 with a 4.64 ERA. 7.05 start time for that one. At 105, it will be Plesak on the Hill for Cleveland. He's 6-3 with a 3.27 ERA. Paxton for the Yankees. He's 8-6 with a 4.40 ERA. The concluding game on Sunday is a good game, good pitching matchup. One ten start time. Mike Clevenger on the hill, seven and two with a three point three four ERA. He'll take on uh, future Hall of Famer and former Cleveland Indian starting pitcher CC Sabathia. He's five and six with a four point seven eight ERA. One ten start time for that one on Sunday. Then the Indians are off on Monday. They will start a series on the other side of New York. They'll go to City Field to take on the Mets. For three games after that. So it will be interesting to see how the Indians will do in New York. Seven days in New York. And it, it, it's a big it's a big game. It's a big series for the Indians. Because the Indi- these two teams are contending teams. Absolutely contending teams. And you have to play against content, these contending teams because Minnesota's right there. And they're opening up a series against Texas. And Texas is it's not that good. So Minnesota can beat them around. And looking at the remaining of the Indian schedule, because we're not going to talk about Detroit now because Detroit's not going to make the playoffs. 
we'll we'll continue to talk about them because of how bad they have become. And the race to 120 is becoming more and more more and more feasible. More and more feasible than anything else. Here's the rest of the Indian schedule for the month of August and into September. So here's what August looks like for the Tribe. After these series against the Yankees and the Mets, they will come back home for three games against Kansas City. They'll go to Detroit for three straight, then to Tampa to end the month of August. That's the 30th, the 31st, and the 1st, before they come back home on Labor Day on the 2nd for a four-game series against the Pale Hose. And then here's a big series for you right here. Write these dates down for you. September 6th, 7th, and 8th, and September's 13th, 14th, and 15th. That will basically determine the division. Three games, the 6th, 7th, and 8th in Minnesota. Then you go to Anaheim to play the Angels. You come back home the 13th to take on the Twins. And you finish the season with three games against Detroit, and you finish the season with three games Again, three games. Excuse me, three games against Detroit and three games against Philadelphia to end your home stand, home series, and then three on the road in Chicago, and three on the road at Washington. For Minnesota, in their series, the schedule looks favorable towards them, and because the Indians are playing against teams that are are in playoff contention with the Rays, with the Mets, with the Nationals, with the Phillies. They're looking more favorable at their schedule to, you know, to run the table. The 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 Mar- not the Mariners, but the Twins are. They're more favorable to their schedule. And here's why I say that. After this series against Texas, the Twins' schedule looks like this. The Twins will then, after this Texas series, will then play at home against Chicago, at home against Detroit. They then go to Chicago and go to Detroit. The month of September looks like this for them. Four in Boston. Four at Cleveland. Four at home against Cleveland. Four at home against the Washington Nationals. Four in Cleveland. Excuse me, three against Cleveland. Three against the White Sox. Three, four against Kansas City. Three at Detroit. And three at Kansas City. Detroit, Chicago, Kansas City, not in contention. The Nationals, the Red Sox are in contention. Those are the only two teams that they have to have to deal with. And so the schedule favors the Twins more than anybody else cuz everybody that they're playing is under 500. So the Indians just need to keep on winning. And it it, it doesn't get any more busier than that because 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a dogfight towards the end of the season. It really is. And I say that because if you look at the standings going into tonight's play, and here's what the standings look like going into tonight's play. In first place in the American League Central right now are the Cleveland Indians. The Indians on top of the division because of the math, because of the mathematical t- lead, because they hold the season series lead against the Twins, and that's I I think since Cleveland's got the first place now and in their graphs, I think that's more than likely going to happen that they're going to win the division now. But they just need to keep on winning. Because they're 73 and 49. Minnesota 73 and 48. So technically Minnesota's on top. But since the Indians hold the season series, the Indians have the lead. Chicago's in second at 54 and 65. Kansas City 43 and 78. The Tigers are 36 and 82. The race to 120 continuing for Detroit this season. The rest of the division, the rest of the American League looks like this. The Yankees, after their loss tonight, are now 81 and 42. Tampa Bay, 71 and 51. Nine and a half games out of first place. So these three games against against Detroit are very key for them. Boston is 64 and 59, 17 games out. Toronto is 51 73. They're 30 and a half games out of first place. Baltimore 39 and 82. They're not going to get to first. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're 41 games out of first place. The American League West, Houston is 78 and 43. Oakland is 68 and 52, nine and a half games out of first place. Texas is at even 500. At 60 and 60, 17 and a half games out of first place. The Angels are 59 and 63, 19 and a half games out of first place. And like I said, with the two wins against Detroit, Seattle is now 50 and 72, 28 and a half games out of first place. In the senior circuit, the National League East looks like this Atlanta is 71, 72 and 51 in first place. Washington is holding strong in second place. At 65 and 55, five and a half games out of first place. Philadelphia is 63 and 58, eight games out of first place. The Mets are 62 and 59, nine games out of first place. And the Marlins are 45 and 75, 25 and a half games out of first place. The National League West looks like this. The Dodgers running away with it right now, 19 games up in front in first place at 81 and 42. The Diamondbacks are 61 and 60. 19 games out of first place. San Francisco under 500 at 60 and 61. 20 games out of first place. The Padres are 56 and 64. 23 and a half games out of first place. Colorado is 54 and 67. 26 games out of first place. The National League Central looks like this. And this is why I say the Central for last. I'm now retracting my statement about the Reds. Reds are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They have been really decent as of late, but I don't think they're going to make it. They're 6.5 out of a wild card spot, and we'll get to the wild card rankings here in just a second. I don't think they're going to win the division because this is why. St. Louis is in first place at 63-56. and 56. 
Chicago is 64 and 57. Milwaukee is 63 and 58 in a game behind both teams. And Cincinnati is now 57 and 63, six and a half games out of first place. Pittsburgh is 50 and 70, 13 and a half games out of first place. The wild card standings look like this going into today's play. If the playoffs started today, the division race would look like this. It would be the Yankees, it would be the Indians, and it would be the it would be the Astros. The top wild card team would be the Minnesota Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays playing in the one game playoff. Oakland is two games out of a wild card spot. Boston seven and a half games out of a wild card spot. Texas at five hundred is ten games out of a wild card spot. And the Angels of Anaheim are twelve games out of a wild card spot at fifty nine. And 63. The National League looks like this. The division leaders are St. Louis, the Dodgers, and the Braves. And the wild card teams would be the Nationals at 65 and 55, and the Cubs at 64 and 57. The Brew Crew one game out of first out of the wild card spot at 63 and 58. The Phillies are 63 and 58 as well. A game out. The Mets 62 and 59. Two games out of a wild card spot. How about the Diamondbacks? Only three games out of a wild card spot. They're 61 and 60. And as well as the Giants at 60 and 61. Four games out of a wild card spot. But like I said, the Reds are only six and a half games out of a wild card spot. They're, they could make a run. I doubt it. They're six and a half out. They need to get to 500 at least, above 500 to get there. I I, I just don't see it. They're going into St. They're going to be home to play St. Louis this weekend. I, I I just don't see it. I really don't see it. And that's that's sad for me to say because I I had a lot of high hopes for the Reds going into the second half of the season because the schedule was technically favoring them a little bit, but I doubt it. I, I, I seriously doubt it. So maybe maybe I was drinking the Kool-Aid all wrong. But uh, the weekend series looks like this for baseball. The Brewers are in Washington to play the Nationals. The Cubs are playing the Pirates. And by the way, Sunday's game for the Cubs and Pirates game is going to be played in Williamsport, Pennsylvania as, as they kick off the Little League World Series happening there. The Cubs and the Pirates are going to be playing a baseball game in Williamsport, the Padres are in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Um, Boston is at home to take on the Orioles. The Reds are at Great America Ballpark to take on the Cardinals. Like I mentioned, the Indian, the excuse me, the Indians are at in New York. The Tigers are in Tampa. There's a big series for you right here. The Dodgers head into Atlanta. Could be a preview of the American League, American League. Uh, championship series between the Dodgers and the Braves. Like I mentioned, the Twins are in Texas for a four-game series against the against the Rangers. Uh, the Mets are in Kansas City. And uh, other ones, Houston is taking on the Athletics. As you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, Thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's hit the gridiron and let's recap week, the start of week two of the NFL preseason. 
So week two of the NFL preseason is underway. We had a total of five games take place on Thursday night. It was the Oakland Raiders getting a 33-20 win over the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I got to say this. This is my first time looking at Kyler Murray for the first time. I mean, the kid's got some electric stuff, but he's got a little bit of problem with his hands. Um, he's clapping his hands, and he's drawing the, player, the, drawing the defenders in, and he's giving his teams penalties for, off, for either a... For a uh, full start penalty, or a you know a neutral zone infraction penalty, and that's that for me is telling me that he is not ready. He's not ready, and for me, I think Arizona is going to be an interesting story to see how he's going to do, especially with the this could be the last year that we see Larry Fitzgerald. With the Cardinals. And by the way, next Wednesday is a special edition of All Andy Alford. We will have the NFL preview edition of the program. We'll be breaking down all the NFL news and notes and teams as well, too. And the games going forward for the local teams as well. But Oakland getting a 33-20 win over the Cardinals. Philadelphia goes in and takes on their former quarterback and Nick Foles. And they beat him up in Jacksonville, Jacksonville now 0-2 in the preseason with the Eagles 24-10 win. The J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Sean Anderson's Jets getting a big 22-10 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay goes into Baltimore and LeVar Jackson continuing to show that you know the Ravens are going to be legit with a 26-13 win over the Green Bay Packers. And the final game it was the Bungles getting the win 23-13 over the Washington Football Club. Tonight on the docket, it will be two games, all games on the NFL Network, especially the live game that will be taking place. It will be the Showdown Chicago Bears taking on the New York Football Giants, the G-Men, at 7 o'clock in the Meadowlands. Tampa Bay is at home. They'll take on the Miami Dolphins. Tomorrow on the docket, four game, excuse me, five games again. Kansas City is in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. New England is in Tennessee to take on the Titans. It will be the Rams hosting the Dallas Cowboys. On Sunday, New Orleans will travel into LA to take on the Chargers. Minnesota will be hosting the Seattle Seahawks that game on Fox and the Monday night game looks like this it'll be the 49ers traveling into Denver but there is two games of news of noteworthy that I have to pass along Saturday night eight o'clock on Fox on the local Fox stations as well here in in the Detroit Detroit area it will be the Detroit Lions taking on the Houston Texans Houston coming off of a law coming off of a win this past week in their kickoff to the preseason. Actually, they lost their preseason opener. The Lions have lost their preseason opener. They had a total of 97 yards of total offense. It sounds like, and what we heard from Matt Patricia in some of the press conferences, is that Matthew Stafford will start this game, and he will be under a limited count for this game to have him play. So maybe we will see Stafford do some magic. I don't know. But 
bet on this game being a runaway game for Houston. I think Houston will get this win in the preseason. That is an 8 o'clock kickoff that game on on the, all the local Fox stations here in Toledo, but it is on the stations up in Detroit. And then Saturday night as well, too, in Indianapolis, the Colts 0-1 will take on the Cleveland Browns. 4 o'clock kickoff for that one. My apologies, not a 8 o'clock kickoff, a 4 o'clock kickoff for that one. The Browns and the Colts. For me, I like to see the uh, the starters for Cleveland play through the first quarter and see how they look. I like because we saw them only in the first drive of the game against the Washington Football Club. I like to see how they do, at least with a full quarter of play in action, and then we be ready for the dress rehearsal the following week as they will then take on the following week in the preseason it's going to be the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yes, here it is. They will be playing at Tampa Bay. That's the dress rehearsal game. After tonight, after tonight, uh, Friday, Saturday's games for the for the uh, Browns, like I said, they will play at Tampa Bay, and then they'll finish up the exhibition season against Detroit. Detroit has at home against Buffalo in Week Three, and they will travel to Cleveland. Other games, like I said, we like I mentioned before, the slot of games going forward. The Monday night game will be an interesting one, 49ers versus Denver. i like to see also how Dallas and the Rams are going to do on Saturday as well. And, of course, the Bears taking on the New York football Giants at 8 o'clock. Uh, some news and notes to pass along to you. Uh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers missed his preseason debut with a tight back during against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Antonio Brown could return to the field this upcoming Saturday to practice after the whole debacle with his helmet situation as well. Um, you also had a the NFL came together with Jay-Z, and we'll, we'll get to that in my Andy rants here in just a little bit, come together for... Uh, planning of social injustice as well as planning the, whole, the Super Bowl halftime show. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. So uh be interesting. We are closer and closer. And like I mentioned before, next Wednesday is a special edition of All Andy Alfred. This upcoming Wednesday is a special edition of All Andy Alfred. It is the NFL Draft Preview Show. We will be breaking down the Lions schedule, the Browns schedule, uh, some other teams like the Steelers, as well as the Cowboys, and as well as the Bears and the Broncos. We're gonna look at all this. We're gonna look at those teams, and you'll also hear my opinion on who will be lifting the Vince Lombardi Trophy come February, and so much more. So, uh, follow us on Twitter at all Andy Alford, as well as on Facebook.com at all Andy all Andy Alford. Get your questions in if you have any NFL questions as well too through those social media channels. We'll get them on the air for you guys and so much more. So you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us. Thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's hit, continue to talk on the field. And let's talk about some college football. So we're getting closer and closer to the kickoff of the college football season. Um, 
interesting news development out of Ohio State, of course. And it's not regarding the football team itself. It's actually regarding the naming of Ohio State as well, too. Ohio State is seeking the trademark of one of the most common words in the English language, of course. And that is the. Or as all of us Ohio State fans would say, is the Ohio State University. Is seeking the tr- they are looking to seeking the trademark V for the use of clothing and hats, according to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, that was filed on Thursday. As I said, Thursday, yesterday. Uh, university spokesman Chris Carvey said to ESPN's uh, to ESPN confirms that the school has made a trademark submission, saying it is necessary to protect the brand. Like other institutions, Ohio State works to vigorously protect university brands and trademarks. Davey told the Columbus Dispatch in a statement, These assets hold a significant value which benefits our students and faculty and broadens community by supporting our core academic missions for teaching and research. Huh. And, of course, Michigan makes a pun of it. They trademark it as University of Michigan with the big O-F and the M underneath it. That's pretty funny. But um, to me, it's just a money grab. It really is a money grab. And I I really don't like it. Um, I always say Ohio State University in... But those that have gone to Ohio State, I've heard them say it's the Ohio State University. The original Ohio University is actually Ohio University out of Athens. That's the original, the Ohio State, Ohio University. So, and they were making fun of that as well, too. But to hear Ohio State trying to make the, to make money off of the word the, which is a common language, it's like, the end and the moon looks bright tonight and stuff like that. It, it just doesn't make sense. So I, every time I would have to put the word the uh, t-shirt, it would be, I had to pay Ohio State. Not a chance. Not a chance in the world. Not a chance in the world. Other news and notes to pass along in college football. Vanderbilt is going to be getting beginning to sell alcohol at their home games this coming up year. Uh, the NCAA is granting a six-year six eligibility to quarterback Johnson from Georgia Tech. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Like I mentioned before, college football just around the corner. Games will start on the 28th of August. On the 29th of August, Bowling Green State University will open up their home stand against Morgan State. Tickets are available by going to bgsufalcons.com. All general admission seats are going to be five dollars. Chairback seats and hat and backs chairback seats are going to be eight, and hatchback seats are going to be eleven dollars for opening night. Get your tickets for this one to see Scott Leffler and his crew take over, and hopefully lead BG to the promised land. Speaking of Bowling Green, here's the latest news and notes. From BGSU camp, great practices this past couple of days since we last talked to you. 
stronger offensive core is getting a lot better. The defense is getting as well, too, getting better as well. But I got a newspaper, and yes, there's still newspapers here in the city of Toledo, and it was a nice piece written up by Nicholas Porales, Porto Winces, uh, P-I-O-T-R-O-W-I-C-Z. He wrote a piece about Quentin Morris, who was an absolute stud of a wide receiver. Last year, Quentin Morris caught 42 passes. He had a total of 516 yards and seven touchdowns last season for the brown and orange. And the quote, the covered story is this, Morris turns into a hybrid receiver. Falcons look to create confusion among the defenses. And I'll dive into this, a couple of the paragraphs I wanted to quote to this. When BG's wide receiver sees defenders scrambling to accommodate his pre-snap alignment or make last-minute changes on their coverage, it's usually a sign that he's going to have a favorable matchup. Quote, I like when I can hear them talking on defense and they and they're confused as to do what to do, Morris said. That creates a lot of mismatches. If BG has its way this season, Morris will hear a lot of them that on the defense. The new Falcon coaching staff is using training camp to experience with Morris and the with the hope that he can become a bigger problem for opposing defense coordinators. He also wrote in here in the piece uh, Nicholas did uh, the end goal. For Bowling Green, he's used one of its best players, typically whether he gains favorable matchups in the passing game, especially against linebackers and undersized defense backs, or or con the defense into divulging the play that that here there it is. That breaks up pass defectors to blockers. Uh, he also quoted in here, Morris is one of the top re- returning targets in the Mid-American Conference. The Richmond, Texas native, like I said, caught 42 passes for 516 yards and seven touchdowns last year as a sophomore. All highs among the returning players on the roster. Morris hopes to build on his production last season and will expand his role in 2019. This kid is a dud, is a dud stud. Looking forward to seeing him and looking at his roster, looking at the roster page for Quentin Morris here as I uh, pull it up here on my piece of paper for all of the players here. Quentin Morris, Morris, Morris. Quentin Morris right here. He's a 6'4", 228-pound junior from Richmond, Texas. He went to George Rich. High school, very solid player. It's going to be fantastic for this team, and um, yeah, it's going to be it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, and like I said, Bowling Green camp underway. Tickets are available. Uh, August, uh, like August twenty eighth, is the kickoff for the college football season. The 29th, Bowling Green will start their season. That'll be two weeks from last Thursday. We will be at the Doit for opening night for Bowling Green's game against Oregon State. We will have a live stream for you on the Facebook page as at all Andy Alfred, also on Twitter. And um, get down to the Doit and enjoy the new range of Scott Leffler and the Bowling Green 
State University Falcons. Here's you are listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, and that is either on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us. Thank you for tuning in, and now we're getting into the end of the program. We'll dive a little bit of uh, talk a little ice hockey as well. But, of course, it is almost time for Andy Rants. So, really, no news and notes to pass along in the NHL, of course, for the for the team we cover here, the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Jackets getting ready to sell opening night tickets this upcoming Wednesday. Tickets will go on sale to the general public at 10 a.m. Of course, the preseason tickets are available now. You can go to bluejackets.com or bluejackets.nhl.com or visit any local Ticketmaster office to get your tickets for the games. You got to go see it live. The Jackets, of course, getting ready to carry the flag. And for their 19th season of NHL hockey, of course. Uh, Walleye news and notes in the ECHL, of course. The Walleye did sign a player this past Wednesday afternoon. The Walleye signed a former Kalamazoo wing. His name, of course, uh, familiar to all of us as well as Brandon Asami. He's a defenseman. He played... He's 26 years old. He played with Kalamazoo in 45 games with the Wings. He scored three goals, 21 assists, and 74 penalty minutes. He also played with the Utica Comets, who is the AAA affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. He had a total of one goal, one assist, and 11 penalty minutes. He also played. He also also played with the uh, Indianapolis Fuel. Um, in 2017 and 2018, he had 17 points, two goals, 15 assists, and 56 minutes in penalty. So, um, he also played college hockey at Ferris State. So the Ferris State connection continues for the Toledo Walleye. And like I said, this upcoming Saturday is Walleye Snagacy. If you're looking to purchase season tickets, uh, visit ToledoWalleye.com to reserve your date for that. Um, it's now time for Andy Rants this evening, and it is, of course, uh, Friday, so it's not really a rant. It is a look forward to this weekend. Of course, this weekend, a uh, big weekend here in the city of, uh, of Toledo as well as in the Northwest Ohio community. Down in Bowling Green, of course, this weekend is the National Tractor Pulls that are taking place. It started last night. It will be happening tonight as well as Saturday. You can go to PoltownUSA.com for ticket information and so much more. Also, here in the city of Toledo, big event happening, of course, downtown is Toledo Pride for the LGBTQ community. Uh, and uh, this is their 10th year celebrating Pride downtown. They'll have a parade at noon. Um so much more, of course, the uh, nighttime market happening over at the Erie Street Market, uh, the Toledo Farmers Market. Uh, a lot of vendor, local vendors, a lot of craft, there'll be craft brew as well as food. And um, it looks like that the Liddy Factory Outlet will be open as late as well, too. And some of the other stores that are around that area. So, and tickets are tickets to pay to get into that are four dollars a piece. Um, you can find out more on the Facebook page at the Night Market. And we'll share a link of that as well, too, on our Facebook page. But, of course, 
This gets me into this. Next week, my friends, is a busy week for yours truly. Of all Andy Offerman, of course, we'll be doing our show. We'll be doing shows Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week. Big shows lined up for you guys this upcoming week. Of course, Tuesday we'll have our regular week weekend uh, recap as well, talking all things of sports as well. To Wednesday, the NFL draft, the NFL preview season preview show. Like I mentioned before, we're going to talk about the Lions, the Browns, and some other teams as well. All that and more. Thursday will be the Friday edition of All Andy Offer because Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the 54th annual German-American Festival in Oregon, Ohio at Oak Shake Grove. I tell you folks, this festival is absolutely the, the festival to go to. Whether it has been around for 54 years is absolutely fantastic. It is family, is friends getting together, having a nice meal, listening to beautiful music, and of course enjoying some frothy beverages as well. Um, yours truly going to be volunteering for the event. Um, come find us. Uh, shoot us a Facebook message or find us on Twitter as well too. We'll be posting stuff all weekend for the festival. Uh, tickets are available by visiting GermanAmericanFest.net. Uh, they have they'll be doing running shuttles as well too, as well as running shuttles, free shuttles from the Hollywood Casino. And the cool thing is that all the armbands at the ID checkpoint when you walk in will come. You wear that into the casino. They'll give you $10 in free slot play. I saw a post last year. Somebody took one of those $10 slot play and won $210. And they said, thanks, German American Fest. So that is cool to see, of course. And uh, like I said, tickets are $8 at the gate, $7 online. And like I said, you can visit GermanAmericanFest.net. For ticket information. So looking forward to that. And uh, looking forward to talk to you guys again next week. So until Tuesday when I talk to you guys again. I'm Andy Elford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you were for at home. And to my teams. Go Tigers. Gotta get a win. Hopefully we get a win against Tampa Bay. Doubt it. Just get one win on this road trip. One win would be fine. Go Indians. Keep the winning streak going. Go Lions. Let's get a touchdown for goodness sake. And go Browns. Keep it going. And go Falcons. And go Jackets. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat. And have a great night, everybody. I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition of All Andy Offer. Love you. Talk to you guys then. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. And use the hashtag AAA Live. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor.